Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today, I'm joined by Vinoj Zachari. Vinoj, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so for people who are just meeting you for the first time, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm an engineering manager, and I work at a company in Los Angeles called Flowcast. Awesome. So yeah, so how did you get to Flowcast? Like, have you been there for a while? Did you, yeah, just give us a little little bit of your career trajectory. Yeah, sure. Um, um, I'll give like the 30 second, like, how did I get here, I suppose? Um, um, I started off like just making, like doing web development sort of as a hobby. Um, and then all of a sudden people were like, hey man, can you do like my site too? And uh, <laughs> a little while later, I learned that you can actually make this a career. That's interesting. People will pay you for this? Okay, cool. Um, and so I worked at you know various companies over time. Uh, you know whether it was agencies, worked in healthcare, uh, fintech, um, ad tech, like all kinds of different places. Going from like you know just kind of a, a engineer mid level to senior tech lead, uh, and now into management. And uh, yeah, I've been at Flowcast for close to two years. Nice, awesome. So so are you self taught? That's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, I, uh, the, I, I suppose like I was self-taught and then like, you know, I did that at, at school as well. So I did okay. my ass degree as well. So got it, got it, got it. And so you, uh, you definitely went up the technical path. Sounds like, did you, is, do you, was that something that you knew that you wanted to do? Did you, did you know that eventually you'd want to get into management? Oh, no, I had zero idea. Like, I think at, at some point earlier, I was like, I think I want to be an English professor. That's going to be the game, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly not an English professor today. Um, but, uh, um, you know, as I was starting, I think I just just found sort of like uh, tech really fascinating and more like challenging problems. And then I looked at management as a different type of problem solving. And that's what I really, really like enjoy today is mm -hmm. that different type of problem solving. Yeah. So was that, and, and so it sounded like that was a little bit more of a gradual process. Like maybe the, the tech lead position was somewhere in the middle where you were yeah. doing both. Was that exactly. at Flowcast? No, I, uh, I was uh, more on the tech lead side uh, a couple of companies ago. So mm -hmm. I've been in management now for about six, seven years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was that? What was that transition like going from, you know, I imagine <laughs> a senior engineer to a tech lead to an engineering manager? Yeah. Um, I think going from senior to tech lead was the sort of most interesting one. Um, that is to say, there's this sense of like the more you know the tech right and that's sort of how you index on what's a senior right mm -hmm. um, um and uh today i look at that much differently but at the time <laughs> that's how i saw it right if you just know more stuff that makes a senior right <laughs> uh, and uh today i feel very differently than i said so um but then you know the tech lead thing started to shift my perspective to like how can i start making others successful and that's usually something i find in good seniors as well yeah. is that it's not just about them it's about how do you help others as well um and that was the piece that really like um intrigued me fascinated me and that's sort of where that management track 
started to really like appeal to me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, there's like some some quote where it's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And mm. um, yeah, you kind of mentioned that that the the thinking more about the team as opposed to just knowing more about the tech. Um, right. Yeah, I do. I do really think of that as a as a defining characteristic of a of a senior. Um, you know, I, I do find that a lot of juniors, and and actually, this is kind of one of the the points that I that I tried to um, hammer home on this show, and and a, and actually a talk that I gave gave recently is that mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's not really about knowing the API word for word or you know mm-hmm. method by method it's not knowing the most frameworks and the newest frameworks <laughs> that that's going to make right. people think that you're you're more senior um now those things can be useful you can you can certainly do a lot on your own but typically it's not nearly as much as that you can do uh coordinating on a team and to to really to really have those those traits that make you come across as more senior, I think that's not really going to be time and it's not going to be the the number of languages, frameworks, libraries, or like how well you know them, but it, it's going to be those traits about how much more effective you wind up making, making your team. And certainly, you know, certainly as a tech lead or a manager, you're going to have a lot more focus on that, but there's nothing that stops any, any engineer from doing that. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Um, and, and I think like, you know, some of the um, engineers that I've seen who um, they may be junior engineers, right? But like you can see their progression, just it's going to go fast because not only do they have that sort of innate curiosity, right? Like, why does this happen? How does mm-hmm. this happen? Da, 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 da. Um, but they also just like work so well with others to solve those problems together. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what part of your career you're in. Right. Um, That ability to problem solve with others is just going to serve you well. Yeah, totally. So when you're when you're hiring, um, Mm -hmm. what what do you look for in in developers? Um, So there there's sort of um, the let's say the, the the technical aspects, which uh, is the, I don't want to say the obvious, but it is, right? It, it is a, a definitely a part. Um, but then the other part is like, like I, I sort of look at hiring as like um, two kind of facets, right? One, what can you add to the culture of this company, mm-hmm. right? That's one piece. Another one is what, how can you help move a roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. By a person being here, will this team's work go hopefully faster, mm-hmm. right? Or hopefully better, right? Well, I mean, if you've got uh, one more person working on it, how, how could it possibly go slower? <laughs> <laughs> so that means we should get two more. That's the answer. <laughs> right. Uh, totally, totally. So, so we, um, at, at Blogcast, we definitely look at, like, you know, uh, um, how, uh, how does this person's, like sort of experience map into those two questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and once we kind of start to uh, understand that, they go, hey, this actually, this person can help move our roadmap forward. Or um, actually, this isn't quite the right fit. So what, yeah, so are there any particular traits that that you think like correspond to, to those facets? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, 
I think it's always interesting to look at like um, the, um, are you solving different problems in the course of, let's say, the one year or two years or whatever your resume looks like, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so for example, if if um, your role is, I we saw a problem. I saw a problem at my company and I brought it up to others and we said, hey, um, should we address this, right? And everyone said, yeah, it's a problem. No one's looking at it. I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand. Right. I'll I'll be here to, you know, I want to try to shepherd this through. Um, so if you're able to work with others to solve a problem that others are also facing, that kind of problem solving skill, that's really cool. Right. Um, uh, another one is like uh, if someone were to sort of like, are you able to like embrace your mistakes? Mm, that's right. Um, we all have uh, and I uh, talk about this in various interviews as well. It's like, look, like bugs happen right that is a totally normal part of software development um how did you grow from it right um because if the and i fully get that that's a terrifying question because it feels (laughs) like a guy it it totally feels like a gotcha right like yeah what's like tell uh, me about your worst quality uh, yeah i was like i don't i don't make mistakes what are you talking about that's why i have a resume right like no 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 but in some way like the fact that you do is what makes you human that's what's interesting right mm-hmm. um and to have that level of self-awareness that's a, a a really great quality um and i find that that tends to be sort of better the more senior you get because you have sort of this like um what's the word i'm looking for sort of like yeah, I, I've made mistakes, but that's how I've also made my growth attitude, right? Um, so that's a, a, a little bit of um, something I look for. Um, and mistakes then, are uh, a great teacher. So good. So good, <laughs> right? Um, one of my favorite answers to that question was like, which one do you want to start with? Because I just had three this morning. And I was like, that's so good. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. The, that's um, such a great response. Yeah. I think there's like a personability, some humility that comes with that. Yes, that like you're going to yes. be easy to work with, you know, that, yes. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So what would be, yeah. So what would be like traits that are, are there any traits that you you've over the years learned to avoid just that they, they tend not to, to gel well with, with the culture that you try and foster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's this idea of like a dynamic mindset or a static mindset, right? Um, that is to say that like, if you're constantly able to um, learn and grow that like, Hey, I knew this yesterday, maybe things different, things are different today. Mm-hmm. Or um, um, what I did at my last company doesn't have to be, right, the true at every other place, oh right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, but, but, like, if someone is able to go, hey, I, I did this, um, uh, I'm open to trying it, but you know what? I'm also able to throw it away, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's very steadfast in, and in the static mindset of this is the way, it has to be this or else, that's a quality I push back. At. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, um, recently I heard it phrased as like, you can, you can try an idea on and, yeah. and then, you know, if you don't like it, you don't need to keep it, but at least that, that yeah. open mindedness where you can just, you can just try it on. You can, you can give it a shot. 
totally and look like we're this is just part of what like we all do in life is like no no no, this is right this is clearly right <laughs> right uh, <laughs> um but what happens if you do try that other idea on just entertain it and um just and sometimes even by like i'll sometimes be in meetings with engineers and i use a tactic well i'll throw out a very terrible idea just a terrible idea right mm -hmm. and just by virtue of throwing out the terrible idea they usually come up with the better ideas <laughs> oh i like that yeah That's, yeah i like that yeah I, I think i think a lot of people will think of when we're doing work, we're trying to find the right answer, right? And and it goes something along the lines right, of like, right. like, okay, well, what are we trying to find the right answer to? Does it is it why it's uh -huh. usually things like, what's the answer to two plus two? Like, uh huh. Clear, there's there's one answer for what's right. what's two plus two, but most of the time, the problems that we're trying to solve is how do we get to four? Right. And no. And there's no it's not just two plus two. Right. And, you know, sometimes it could just be much faster to do, yes. you know, like one plus three or whatever. And Absolutely. maybe it's not perfect because two uh -huh. plus two is more desirable because you've got two twos or whatever. I'm really stretching this metaphor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it it the problems that we that we're trying to solve usually do not have one and only one answer. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yes, some some may be less desirable for certain reasons, but they, they might have other benefits. Like they're much cheaper or faster yeah. to implement or more reversible yeah. or yep. any number of those things. And and it, and yeah, go ahead. And, and sometimes you get to the do we even care about four? <laughs> right, like, to, like you yeah. know, like you get to that point, and then you know you've spent some amount of time or energy arguing why two plus two is the answer, mm -hmm. and turns out we never really cared about four; we just cared about something else entirely. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, Between yeah. three and seven, <laughs> somewhere in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, it's it's one of those things that yeah, the, a lot of engineers will will get attached to particular values like performance right mm -hmm. no clearly this is the right answer because this is going to be the fastest in terms of processing or yeah. you know related it's like oh this will be this is clearly the right answer because it's going to lower memory consumption um right. and and those can be really important in certain situations but those Absolutely. are not the only two things to optimize and oftentimes mm -hmm. you know we're going to be look at things like well how quickly can we get this done or how brittle is this or yeah. one that i mentioned before that i think is one that i always pay attention to is like how reversible is this decision mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i love that yeah and uh and so yeah i do i do wish engineers would recognize that that there are different things to optimize for and mm -hmm. i think once they do engineers can be very very formidable um because they they can recognize like oh okay for any given i liked your your, your thing about throwing out a bad idea um i think as long as engineers are choosing between multiple options and are recognizing the full scope of trade-offs um you know they can be they can be very very good at choosing a, an optimal path, mm -hmm. and and in some ways the, um, the 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 framework or the guidelines within which we work uh, help 
define it, right? Like, so do we want to get to a right answer? Absolutely, right? We all want to get to a right answer um, uh, in whatever task we do. And and specifically, as we're talking about engineering, like um, th that's usually how we're like intrinsically motivated to do get the right answer, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, but sometimes that focus to the right answer is the scope is too narrow, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is to your point, the two plus two, as opposed to, do we really just care about three or three to seven range, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so there's that trade off the cost. Um, but like, I sort of love the passion, right? Because there's a mm -hmm. part of me that almost wonders that, not wonders, but sort of sees that um, a lot of engineers have like a very, um, th there's a similarity to artists, right? Yeah, like yeah, there's, a, there's, there's a beauty to the work, right? And I actually embrace and love that fact. Yeah. Right. And so it's a matter of just getting like, hey, we tried this painting. Let's throw it away. Let's try another painting. Right. <laughs> let's try. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's do all kinds of art here. Right. Um, and in the end, like that makes you a better engineer. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Man, I haven't thought about this in a while. Paul Graham had had wrote a book, Hackers and Painters. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> read it, but he he definitely makes the the connection between software engineers and painters like us mm. you know much much older painters as they're pushing the craft forward experimenting mm -hmm. with perspective mm -hmm. and different techniques and um yeah a lot of the the painting styles were in some ways similar to the technology that software developers start building mm. uh, for themselves and then and then using right like now you know React is still quite uh, popular. Well, well, that would have worked the same way, where where there would be like a, an artistic movement or a style of rendering backgrounds or something like that that, that became mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. very useful. Um, and yeah, so I, I like I like bringing up because I, I I think that developers, I mean, you know, maybe that's just because I think of myself as an artist. Um, so you know, I I do see a lot of similarities and and that passion that you mentioned before it's so interesting right i there's so many of my teams where someone will come on and you alluded to this before where they come on and they immediately just want to change something kind of foundational <laughs> of like how the process works right. or whatever and it's just right. like oh my god you know you, you guys aren't using mono repos like you really need yeah, to be yeah, using yeah. mono repos like i can I can help switch us over to mono repos because you know we did that at my last company and and right and, and it's like man that is like such a quick way to, to like make my blood pressure rise and yeah. I <laughs> and but I need to recognize that you know and I I I try and take a deep breath and just sort of <laughs> like good they care they they're passionate yes and maybe we yes. can we can redirect some of that energy into moving forward rather than just like rebuilding what we have just because it's it's different <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and and you know some um sometimes uh, not sometimes uh, i think uh like like really good engineers also have a very keen understanding of the business and that's mm. sometimes weird to uh, bring up, especially in an engineering kind of uh, a conversation that we're having here, right? But like, that's that's the rub. Like, if the like, um, if you happen to be a technologist, awesome, who also understands the business itself, and that like, hey, this sure 
we could rewrite this whole thing and rewrite this in microservices and it'll take us three years, right? <laughs> or I can look at it from this way, which would actually give some benefit, these X benefits, but also, you know, match our business goals. Like that's the, that's the good stuff, right? right? Um, because now you're like moving and shifting your product forward. You're moving and shifting the code base forward and they're both aligned and they're not having to fight with each other. Totally. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up. So do you, I'm going to ask you a question I've asked a, a previous guest. So do you think a junior developer, like when interviewing or early on at a company should be spending time learning about the business and like the, like how that all works? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. And I, I think I've been surprised in the past when uh, people have said, no, that's not the role of a junior developer. And oh, look, so, I mean, so I fascinating. Think, yeah. And so I, you know, I've thought about it a lot. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think there is, I think there's certainly a good reason. I think at a larger company, you mm-hmm. know, maybe that's just not what you want your junior developer focusing on, right? Maybe you have very strong onboarding. Maybe Uh you have like a very set number of things that they need to learn internal tools. And and like that awareness is really not where you want them Mm -hmm. spending their energy. But Mm -hmm. for me, when I think about any company that is not gigantic, Uh right? God, it's so important. It's really just going to yeah. influence everything that you do. Like those values are mm-hmm. really going to help those figure out where those trade-offs are, whether or not right. you want to go for a $5 solution or a $500 solution. Um, right. You know, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that, yeah, I found that really interesting. I mean, I think, I think maybe it's, it's more agreed that the more senior you get, because you're expected to think more about other teams and and non-technical stuff. But I think it's super mm-hmm. important for juniors as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's hard for anyone to go like, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. Now you're a senior, <laughs> time to think about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, I... I, I um, um, ideally, like, you bring all the all the qualities you want in your senior, you bring at that junior level and all that's shifting is the amount of responsibility over time, mm-hmm. right? Um, so as a junior, could you have a conversation about like, hey, what if we did the, I don't know, this is a, a simple, uh, maybe um, silly example. What if the button did this, right? Mm-hmm. But that that touch of engagement of like, I care about this product. Well, yeah, that's what we want to nurture, right? Right. A person that cares about the product. So, so, you know, that's, uh, and to your point, different companies, different styles, totally understand that. Right. Um, And so, yeah, like the, the, in places I've worked, I've, I've been pretty happy to say like, sure, let's, let's encourage that early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. Is that something that you've paid attention to in interviews or not so much? Um, could you repeat that again? I was just curious if that's something that you've paid attention to when interviewing people or not. So I see. You know, I, I, I've noticed it as people have mentioned it as part of their sort of like problem solving. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that different 
companies have different styles. So I'm never going to begrudge anyone for it, right? Like if if the previous environment just didn't have that. Yeah, that makes sense. So it would just be something that maybe like would make a, a developer stand out positively, but less like expected. For sure, for sure. Gotcha. So do you hire um, many junior developers or do you stick mostly to mid-level senior? Uh, no, uh, actually, uh, we've hired people um, who've never, you know, been software developers before. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in some ways, like that's, uh, uh, you know, that's also an interesting one to look at, like, what are the rubrics and how do we make sure we're finding the right people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are the uh, the types of things that you're inclined to what makes you inclined to give someone a, a chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the, uh, the the two pieces I look for, like, um, which is like, hey, granted, they they're not uh, they may not be able to move the roadmap as much as a senior. Right. Mm-hmm. But do we see a promise here, a promise that they could? Right. Um, and in addition, is there stuff that you see on their resume so far that shows that growth and shows that ability to pick up and move forward? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So those are the things you sort of start to um, index on. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So like what? Yeah. So. So, yeah, I was just curious. Do you have like any examples? I mean, you certainly don't have to get too detailed, but I think it, it might be interesting for the listener to hear maybe some profiles or some some arcs mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of careers, what those have looked like that you've been attracted to. Um, sure. There was a person I, um, well, we, we had recent uh, people who previously were accountants. So uh, our company is founded by accountants um, and, uh, you know, uh, it, that's a big part of, um, uh, uh, the culture itself. And so there are people who are senior accountants, right? And so I saw this resume and they were, uh, they, you know, had a full on career there and then they decided, you know what, we're going to switch to software engineering. Right. Um, that's interesting. Right. Um, and then, you know, they still have to go through all the, uh, uh, the technical screen, they still have to go through all the on-sites, all that stuff, nothing changes there, but there's something there to go, huh, that's interesting. What's, what was that previous career? And, you know, you kind of um, talk and understand about what that uh, growth looked like there. Oh yeah, that's great. I mean, certainly talk about understanding the business, right? Cause you're, yeah, your, your company makes a product for accountants, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see why that would be quite quite valuable do you i mean when i've when i've talked to to developers and and this is i think maybe probably one of the more standard uh pieces of advice is to have personal side projects um Uh i'm curious is that something that you pay attention to so the uh, yes uh side projects are helpful um but side projects are maybe not as helpful if if it's just by yourself Right. So so here's the thing is that like um, I see dozens uh, of resumes with like like almost every resume has like side projects. Mm -hmm. So how do you differentiate if everyone's got side projects? Right. And to be fair, they're all um, within within a range, very similar sort of like um, um, tech tools that they're using. Hmm. Right. Um, so 
um, uh, um, someone's got like a GraphQL thing. I've got this um, uh, React app here. I've got a, you know, something else. Um, so after a while, they, it, it kind of looks very similar within a scale of about 10 to 15 tools, right? Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, if it's like one person I recall was like, hey, I went to my local, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there was a business I liked and I realized that they had no way to put online ordering. So I talked to the person there and I said, hey, can I build this for you? And that immediately piqued my interest, right? Yeah, I love that. Uh, right, because there's like, we just talked about this, like knowing about the product thing, right? And this person immediately learns how to work with a customer. And so he built like this point of sale system kind of thing where you can like early order and like it was like yeah i didn't fully get it out to prod but like i showed it to them and i built it for free and i just really like this local restaurant <laughs> and i wanted <laughs> to build it for them and i was like that's cool right that that's is a super cool story cool. right um because there's just a lot of like there's collaboration there there's just like the, you know the ability to make your own solutions there there's a bunch of stuff going on through that story yeah yeah i think i think the, i think you're right so not all side projects are created equal. And maybe because this advice has gotten so popular now, you just you sort of you sort of see it, although maybe the 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 purpose behind it is missing or not all quite there. For me, when I think about okay, what's what's a really good personal like side project? For mm -hmm. me, it's it's definitely one that scratches an itch. And so your example that you just gave with that restaurant. That's a really good one, right? So this yeah, is something yeah. that was designed to scratch a particular itch. It was to solve mm. a problem for a person. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. often don't care if the, that person is is just who wrote it, but I would want yeah. to see that it's actively being used and ideally over a long period of time and, and is changing, not just a like, I don't know, like here's mm -hmm. a theoretical thing that can help you do your GraphQL queries better yeah. And then and then yep. they just never use it, right? Like yep. they just yep. like proof of concept and then one, yep. you know, frozen in yep. time. And and that's uh, and that's sort of to come back is like when I say are you working with people on it? It's that, right? Mm -hmm. It's the you if you're having it grow, like let's say you have an open source something, right? And um, you're actually building something and it's growing over time. There are people involved in there, right? Yeah. But if it's just something on uh, my local computer, I did it, okay, now on to the next one not as impactful. Right. Yeah. And so what made me actually think about this was um, I, I was thinking about how you, you wound up hiring uh, accountants. And I was thinking from from your perspective, it might be really attractive if there was a, a, a junior developer who created like kind of their own, like per, maybe their own personal finance tracker or something like sure. that, that they wound up using. Instead. Right instead of mint for some reason or something like that or or something yeah right definitely yeah yeah i mean i i when i give advice it's it's like i do want to i just want to i think it's so important for people to use programming as a tool that mm -hmm. that makes someone's life better even if it's even if it's themselves and so this intersection between oh wow you're like really into video games awesome build something related to video games, not necessarily your own video game, although I think that's a great, there's mm -hmm. such a wide problem space and so many different games that you can make. But 
one of the one of the projects this actually just came up in conversation with with a friend yesterday is I think everybody knows uh, League of Legends, huge mm-hmm. game. Um, there was a very similar game that I don't think is nearly as popular now, but it's called uh, Heroes of New Earth. And mm-hmm. one of the cool things about that was that they they published um, like on their site, they kind of had it wasn't really an API, but they wound up having different stats about different heroes or the characters that you could play in the game. And I just got a real, I don't know, be in my bonnet and wanted to figure out okay, which <laughs> like which character do I want to play that will give me like the biggest odds of of winning. And so I just wound up scraping their site like every I don't know, every hour or whatever <laughs> and just like keeping track of like aggregate wins and losses and uh, it did you know a bunch of crunching and to to kind of figure out like oh okay this is the character that does the best and I did some I think it was like some regression to figure out okay this is the stat that's most correlated with wins and it was cool like because I also yeah you know, I also put it I also put it online um and you know wrote about it in whatever the the discussion forums were and people started visiting it and it was it was it was pretty it was pretty cool right it was that's it awesome. like scratched my own itch like other people started using it some people i think were even um uh asking for you know other features uh stuff like that and you know that was that was like such a I feel like that was a project that really stretched me at the time. Mm, it was mm. like, it was pretty great. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and, and it's funny, like, I think that is something that I've done over time too. even just God, I remember there was uh, more recently, uh, <laughs> there was a period of time where it was like really stressful in my life and I wound up just playing way too much Overwatch. Um mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is enough. I need to be productive again. And the way that I was able to shift my focus back to being productive was I built a similar kind of stats website for Overwatch, which was fun. But the the, the gimmick that I did that time was it was like real time collaborative, so it was like user generated preferences. So it was it you know you just put it out there and people would vote up different things, then it would auto you know oh the, nice the correlations and. You know, it's like those projects wind up being so fun to do because you have a so real good. you've got a real goal in mind. Yes. Like you yeah. you have something that you want to see and it's so much yeah. more motivating to mm-hmm. because you it pulls you forward because you want to get to that end. You want to see what it's going to do for you, what it's going to do for other people and yeah, I think there's a lot of projects where you're only really kind of doing it because you feel like you have to have something. But it doesn't yeah, tie sure. into any of your hobbies. It doesn't tie into right, any of your interests. Right. And, you know, it's not you're not it's not going to pull you as as forward. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's always a, a nice um, uh, or maybe the, our ideal scenario is when uh, we want to solve the same problem that the 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 other person also wants to solve right mm-hmm, like yeah. and so um um if someone else is having something you're like that's i've been waiting for an opportunity <laughs> to look at yes i'm so there with you yes i'm the red bull tonight let's go right like, yeah totally yeah oh so, yeah um so okay so uh where do you think that so we talked about a little bit about how you do hire juniors where do you think the market for junior devs will change over the next few years? Like either in terms of salaries, hiring practices, do you see anything coming over the horizon? 
I think it's interesting uh, as the sort of the um, ability to learn online and learn with others um, has continued to grow, which is awesome, right? Uh, there's so many ways that someone can learn technology these days, right? That like uh, someone being able to come into a company and develop and get something out to, let's say, production, something meaningful at a, you know, with a shorter amount of time is just getting faster and faster, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, whereas earlier it might be like three months to just figure out where the doors are in this building, right? Uh, <laughs> now, like, <laughs> uh, now, like, uh, even juniors are coming in and like, oh, yeah, I'm, I got this, da 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 da, and come now. So, as a result, I believe the industry is sort of like, salaries have continued to increase over time. Um, and, and I don't know, right, what the next wave is going to be, but that's just something historically that I have seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, like now with remote, um, I think a lot of companies are going to stay remote. Um, personally, I do wonder if that's going to be, that's going to be interesting in the sense that it's going to open up a lot of competition, maybe at the lower end of the market, because uh, or maybe maybe everywhere, honestly. But the idea that if everyone's remote, well, maybe now um, developers in other countries are going to wind up being much more competitive than they than they used to be. Ah, interesting. Yep. Um, fair point. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Have you worked with any any remote developers uh, before? Or I guess are it, are you all remote now? Uh, yeah, now we are all remote. We have gone remote first at this point. So any uh, hires, uh, you know, the uh, company initially was like all um, uh, on site. Mm -hmm. um, but now any kind of new hires and uh, going forward are all going to be remote. Got it. And so you're going to keep yeah. that even even if we mm -hmm. get our get ourselves out of this uh, lovely situation we have. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, we'll we'll stay remote. Um, and, and I think to, to answer your previous question, yeah, I've I've worked at companies where like um, uh, my my the teams I manage were completely remote. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I'm curious, like, what what was that transition like for a company that was was all on site, and what what led to that decision to 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 stay remote? first mm -hmm. yeah sure um the remote first part i think there's um there's like part of the part of, you know your day is commute right mm -hmm. um and so it's x amount of time coming in x amount of time going out and like this easily cuts that out right um second uh we talk about this a lot at um Clubcast, which is this idea of like developer flow Right. Um, that is to say, like, just time you can have your headphones on, you can just like focus. Right. Um, and so it's more, you know, conducive to that being remote that you can just put your headphones on, and just stay in that zone. Right. Yeah. And you can do really good work. Right. Um, that said, of course, the drawbacks being like, hey, you may not, you know, be able to do the lunches, et cetera. But like, it's all sort of a moot point at this part of 2020 of course right? yeah yeah <laughs> um um but like we saw that like just sort of like um uh, you know we actually ended up like hiring engineers who this year had actually never been to the office 
and they've onboarded, they've fully, you know, been part of our teams and been able to get going. And it's been really smooth and it's been awesome to see oh, that. Oh, that's great to uh, yeah, that's great to hear that it's smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been um, pretty remarkable, really. It's a testament to the teams themselves um, and to like, you know, um, the the engineers who joined to just kind of like get really involved and go, yeah, sure, we're just working together, right? Um, and then we do all, all kinds mm -hmm. of uh, things to make sure that there's still that sense of like fun and it's not just like, uh, I'll see you during a planning meeting and that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the biggest casualty, of course, is that the a lot of the maybe like camaraderie or fun together mm -hmm. aspects become a lot more difficult, maybe just because there's there's limited selection or yeah. um, or maybe just now everything takes a little bit more planning. Like it's harder yeah. to have something be be spontaneous. And, I, and you know, yeah. I, what's what's nice is I think a lot of people are working on that on that problem. Um, I know, mm -hmm. you know, personally. Right. So JSLA now is all remote, has been for for a number of months. And um, Rambly, the the. I don't know, tool, app, game, however you want to look at it, has been really useful for letting us have a, a meetup style cocktail party um, you know, networking type event and have it feel much more organic, like you can move in and out of conversations. And I think without that, it would have been it would have been much harder. Right. And so I think I think tools like that are going to start coming on and help foster a lot more of that fun feel mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. for companies so i do think that'll get better um yeah and i think that you know if we're if we try to replicate our memory of the office right mm -hmm. um there's an opportunity to miss like the the kind of like what are the fun things that we can find in this remote world right because we're trying to replicate this six months ago thing or however many months ago thing <laughs> yeah. right and it's like well what if there's other stuff that we didn't even know we had mm -hmm. right and so um th that's something that's been interesting to find is um is just the various little pockets like there was um um we did um uh what was it called a an escape room thing right oh. through zoom and i was like what i didn't know you could do this through zoom and it was fascinating it was fun right and that's awesome get together yeah yeah the 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 um hr team has been excellent about coming up with like super neat ideas like that um and like a cooking class a pasta making class just mm -hmm. all kinds of things right um so it's just all kinds of things that you could do and it's like hey i'm actually just doing this at home and i'm doing it with people and you know it, it's still a sense of like yeah we're connected yeah, that's great. Do you think there are are habits or traits that engineers mm. um, that help them be more or less successful moving to remote? Yeah, it's a good question. I've found that the the single sort of like um, greatest strength you can have in uh, in this remote world is like good asynchronous written com communication. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's this interesting um, um, post I read a few uh, months ago, and it was just sort of like, uh, are you a level two organization in terms of remote? Right. Or are you a level five? Right. OK. Uh, and how and how most most companies are at level two, which is to say, like um, the default is to go, hey, let's just get into a, a hangout or a Zoom or because we're still in that world of like, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder. Yeah. Point right? to point. Mm -hmm. 
point to point, you know, uh, and that's totally fair and it's totally normal. And that's just where mo most companies are, right? But can you shift to maybe the next, which is more like, hey, it's asynchronous, right? Um, I've written it well enough that we understand our integration points or how to communicate with each other. And we may have a, a, a conversation just for like some slight clarity, but like we know exactly where to go with our work because the way that you've written in your work. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you, uh, if you find that, find that article, I think that'd be great to put in the, in the show notes for people. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think that is, you know, something that, that I like to say a lot that the communication is, is really important. In fact, I think a lot of engineers hear that. And the problem with that, I think everyone, it's sort of like, you know, of course I'm a good driver. I've been driving for 20 years. How could I not be a good driver? Right. But it's like, that's different. You know, if you don't practice mm -hmm. being a driver, like you're not going to be a good race car driver. Like you know, mm -hmm. you're not, you're not mm -hmm. actually improving. Um, and so I think it's important to, to make it clear, like what makes good communication. And so, mm. so mm. the, the asynchronous part that you mentioned is, is, is definitely one piece. And so if we think about communication, it, it's really mm -hmm. information transfer, right? It's often like, how good totally. are you at getting the thing that's in your head into mm -hmm. someone else's head? And you have to recognize that you're going to be limited by the words that come out of your mouth or the words that come <laughs> on the page. You know, it's got to go in through their eyes or their ears right. and all kinds right. of other uh, filters. In fact, there's um, one thing that I think about all the time. It's so interesting. It's from from like child developmental psychology. There's a there's a stage of development that I forget whatever name it is, but the the test for it is you show a child, let's say like a box of crayons, right? And you show this child like you open up the box of crayons, there's crayons in it, you dump it out, and then you fill it up with Tic Tacs. And then you say, all right, if I go show this to, you know, Billy over there who didn't see me do this and I ask him what's in the box of crayons, what's he going to say? And the child says Tic Tacs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not, you know, because they can't model what's right. in the other person's head. They think that any knowledge they have is mm. universally shared with everybody mm. else. And I mm. think I think as as much as I love humans and human developers i i feel like we're not always past that stage i think i think we <laughs> i think we always kind of just assume like no 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 whatever i say like there's enough context that they know that you know there's there's tic tacs in the crayon box um yeah. even though there's not enough information in the words that we say or type and that asynchronous part i think is 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 the the key to that is putting enough information in there and right. And so the information <laughs> transfer, you know, if we, if we know from, you know, the work that we do on the network, there's, there's two important metrics. There is latency, which is, is very much reduced in a point to point call, like a, a zoom, a, you know, Google meet, whatever video chat. It's funny. We don't really say Skype anymore, but that <laughs> used to be the big <laughs> one. Um, latency is really low, right? I can, I can say, you know, oh, right. So, so your company, like you make uh, you make things for auto manufacturers, right? And you just immediately say no. And that's that's like very short latency. And I can correct quickly. Whereas if we are doing asynchronous and 
that's like the very first line. It's like, well, as I, you know, as I know, your company does, you know, makes things for the automotive industry and therefore blah, blah, blah. And then, you you know, there's like three pages of stuff that all come from that initial uh, proposition. Um, you know, the throughput is there. That's all really thorough and interesting, but the latency is missing. And so it can lead to other types of issues. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think there's advantages to having both, but there's kind of this this trade off and figuring out how to how to get both of them uh, so that you can you can get that information transfer. I think that's a real challenge for a lot of people, but totally surmountable. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting thing, right, to say go from uh, being able to start from um, the why and the problem to mm-hmm. the, the how. Right. Um, because a, a lot of times we definitely grok very quickly into the how we're mm-hmm. going to do this and that and the other thing. And it's like, wait, what are you? What, why are we doing this thing? <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Um, and so it may feel repetitious, but like it's actually really valuable to even just a quick zip of like, hey, here's why we're doing this thing. Yet. OK, now here's why. Here's what we're going to do. Right. right. Uh, um, and, and it may seem like overkill, but it's probably not. Right. No, I yeah, I think that's important. It's uh it's often better to 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 you know at least maybe stand still for a bit. That's you know as slow as that is better than running really fast in the wrong yeah. direction. All right, this has been great. Uh, so where can people find out more about you online? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I uh, I do work at Flowcast. So our uh, website is F L O. Q-A-S-T, and that's the name of the company. And um, we have an engineering log. So uh, a lot of the things that are going on in Flowcast Engineering, that would be the uh, place to uh, search for it. And you can see all the kinds of stuff that are going on. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for Junior to Senior. And if you've enjoyed the show and you want to get more involved with like-minded devs focused on their career, head on over to community.juniortoseniour.io. Thanks.